Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Good to have you with us. Today is the day the Biden regime finally gives some attention to the East Palestine, Ohio hazardous chemical disaster, that disaster because of a train derailment nearly three weeks ago. President Trump, well, he was there yesterday declaring Biden's regime betrayed the folks in Palestine, ignoring the disaster, ignoring them, the good Americans whose lives have been turned upside down. No one. Not a single top Bidenista official, not President Biden himself, who was doing a photo op in Ukraine, not his vice president, not his transportation secretary. None would give the Palestinian residents the time of day. FEMA officials right away told the Palestinian residents, nothing we can do for you, sorry. The EPA wasn't interested either, and we know how Pete Buttigieg got at least part of his name, the Bidenistas wouldn't be there at all if President Trump hadn't taken charge. It took Donald Trump saying he would go to Palestine to help out those folks. He showed them what leadership and compassion looks like in a true president, assuring them that they're not forgotten. President Trump brought with him thousands of bottles of water, truckloads of water, cleansing supplies and canned food for the residents. And now I want to tell you one of those stories that leaves a person scratching their head. And it's all about a Clinton aide who committed suicide in Arkansas. Now you're probably thinking that sounds a little familiar, that it sounds like it should be a 25-year-old story, back when there were lots of stories about Clinton aides and strange happenings in Arkansas. But this tragic death happened less than a year ago. The Daily Mail reporting that the death of President Bill Clinton's special advisor, Mark Middleton, has been ruled a suicide almost a year later, despite the fact that Middleton was found with a gunshot wound to his chest, but sheriff's deputies never found a gun anywhere. And, by the way, Middleton had an extension cord wrapped around his neck as well and attached to a tree. So you say that you've got a choice as to the cause of death, but the sheriff ruled Middleton's death to be suicide despite all the questions that remain. No gun, and you may have a few other questions as well, as I report to you now, that it was Clinton's one-time aide, Mark Middleton, who signed Jeffrey Epstein into the White House seven of the 17 times that Epstein visited the Clinton White House. Now that is strange, isn't it? Well, speaking of strange, isn't it strange that just when the congressional investigations of Biden, the Department of Justice, and the FBI begin, that suddenly we had UFOs made in China spy balloons flying around? Are you kidding me? 
With a worsening Biden classified document scandal, the next thing we know, Biden is in Ukraine and Poland. Let's ask our guest today, Lee Smith. Lee's a journalist, author of The Plot to Overthrow the President, author as well of The Permanent Coup. So, Lee, what about those balloons? Were they there just to divert attention from the House investigations of Biden? <laughs> uh, there's a lot. What, what, what did Obama, the Obama administration, call it? Stray voltage, right? There's just a lot of noise go going on all over the place, and it's intended to distract uh, distract uh, Americans and deflect attention from the different things that are going on with these people. Well, these, these balloons, I can't believe this, but here it is. Yeah. The White House saying now that they're not Chinese balloons, that in fact, there's no evidence of that and that they didn't know about it, but it's okay because they're really not Chinese balloons. Uh, meanwhile, the Chinese are threatening retaliation for knocking down their balloons. So how, how stupid are the people? And I, I mean, seriously, what do you think is going on with the low IQ levels of White House, uh, the White House membership? Well, my read on the balloons was is that it was effectively I mean, there's a lot of people who've done some um, apparently interesting research on some of the things that these balloons might have been up to. Uh, my read on it, though, is virtually an advertisement um, from the Chinese Communist Party to explain, hey, we own your elites. Um, we own your donor class. We own your president. We own your first family. We own an awful lot of your farmland. And now we own your airspace, too. And there's nothing that anyone's going to do about it. So that was my kind of read on it, that this was a psychological operation and how it managed to cross the continental, how it managed to enter through the Aleutian Islands, which is a place from which the United States watched Soviet nuclear activity in the Pacific theater for the duration of the Cold War. So how that was able to happen is it's I mean, I'd like to say it's a mystery, but it's not a mystery. It's the Biden administration is what it is. There's no mystery here at all. Well, there's a little mystery. And, and I agree with you about the administration itself, but it's who is directing this uh, this aggregation of ineptitude uh, and, and arrogance that makes up the White House staff. It's this president is obviously incapable of leading uh, a dog, let alone uh, a, a nation, uh, the Western world. What what makes us think that this this president is nothing, nothing more than a puppet and nothing less than a buffoon who is addled and uh, impaired? I, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. I look. Of course, we're Americans, and this is this touches on our lives and the lives of our family. However, sometimes I try to imagine that I'm uh, that I'm a person from history looking at this, and I think that actually we've learned a lot the last several years about how the United States has frequently run, how it's run under the Biden administration, how it's run during the Obama years as well. Because if you look at the number of Obama figures who are in the Biden administration. And we go back and we use this to understand how the Obama years work. What we're looking at, again, is a core group of incompetent and insane ideologues. There is one thing 
that they have. Well, I mean, now they, they own the instruments of, of the state of the most powerful country in the world. But the one thing they have, it's not policy, it's not savvy, it's communications. And a large part of that is what happens when you get to own the entire media. And unfortunately, that's even going to include a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, ostensibly right wing media as well. So I, I, I think, again, from a historical perspective, it's very useful for Americans to look and see what's happening with the Biden administration and try to understand what we're up against and what we've been up against for a while, as it turns out. It, it, you know, I accept that. And I think you're you're probably right. But after all, we do have the Biden laptop that is now considered valid by even the uh, the arch foes of liberty, life and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, that is the corporatist media, the Twitter files, the disinformation campaigns of the intelligence community, the Department of Justice. Uh, we have that. The admissions of former Attorney uh, General Barr uh, that leave uh, only one conclusion, that indeed he did intervene, uh, whether out of ineptitude or design, uh, in the outcome of the 2020 election. We, we also know that Biden and the Marxist Dems and the deep state con in concert purposely intervened in that election. They change history, whether you talk about the 50 former veterans of the intelligence community, uh, five of them CIA directors, former CIA directors, they did so for one reason, and that was to change history and to put the wrong man in the Oval Office. And they have gotten away with it to this point, haven't they? Yeah, that's, abs that's absolutely right. Um, and... and uh, the way that I've seen some of these confessions, for instance, yeah, okay, the Hunter Biden laptop is real. Um, I, I see it as kind of underscoring their power and the inability of, of, of the population to do anything about it right now and the unwillingness and the cowardice of most of the uh, GOP to do anything about it. I, th that that's also needs to be taken in the context of what's happening now, of course, the GOP, even with a congressional minor, uh, majority, th th they can send as many criminal referrals as they want to Merrick Garland, but nothing's going to happen. What they're doing is they're putting out as much information as they possibly can to set the table for 2024. Uh, of, of course, the issue is the issue is we'll see what happens in 2024, not only in terms of the electoral process, who is elected, but where the American people are at that point, because as we've spoken about before, the center of gravity of the United States is the American people. And if we're going to keep having our face rubbed in it by the oligarchy, the, there, there may be a time, hopefully, whether there will be a straw that will break the camel's back. I mean, frankly, that's kind of where we are. The decisive question will be, will Americans decide to live as slaves, we're going to come to this. Uh, we're going to come to this question eventually. This choice eventually: Will we live as slaves, or are we going to retake our liberty, our God-given rights? Well, I, I think that's a, a question that goes to 2024. But I hear you questioning how uh, how much uh, how efficacious. These hearings are by the Republican Party in the House of Representatives. 
as you talk about a criminal referral, Will, as you, I think most of us would agree, uh, we won't see Merrick Garland accept that and uh, throw somebody in the hooskow. Uh, so I'm not, I agree with you. I don't know what happens there, but I hear a great deal of skepticism from you that you think that these these hearings are going to produce much that will be a, a boost to to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in 2024. My, my concern looking at it historically is investigations of the intelligence services, um, both, uh, both the uh, church commission as well as the, uh, the church committee, as well as the 9-11 commission, both of these in the end wound up strengthening American intelligence services. Um, in particular, the in particular the FBI. I mean, it's it's frankly shocking. The Church Committee is basically how how we got to RussiaGate or, or mm-hmm. FISAGate, whatever we choose to call it. FISA came out the the 1978 Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, and um, the way that this was written was to uh, allow the FBI to uh, spy on people that were pre-authorized in court. There's really nothing you can do if you go to a court and you get a court to, a secret court. To sign off on it, there's really there's really not much recourse that Americans have. And as we saw in the Carter Page case, of course, the, this FISA to spy on the entire Trump campaign was directed in particular at Carter Page. Carter Page took all of these people to court: Comey, McCabe, uh, Strzok, Lisa Page, and the judge. Unfortunately, rightly ruled, saying there's nothing we can do because of the way that this law is written. Sorry. So, I mean, I, I think there are some very powerful and important people and some real fighters on, on the weaponization committee. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of tough characters there. And Led by Jim I Jordan. Got J- Jim Jordan, uh, Dan Bishop, Thomas Massey. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. And I think that this is an important thing in itself, Lou, to show the American public that we have people out there who are fighting for us, who are out yeah. there making a case and who are fighting. So I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic about that. The actual uh, uh, political policy, legal consequences, I, I, I think that we should moderate our expectations on that. But we want to see our guys fighting. We want to see people fighting for our country. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, but uh, we're getting a lot of fights. Uh, we're in a lot of fights. We watch a lot of fights. But what we don't have is a beachhead. Uh, right now, think of what the beachheads are that are held by the Marxist Dems uh, and in league with the deep state. They control the federal government. They control the Department of Justice. They control the FBI. They control all of the intelligence agencies of the intel community. They control the Internal Revenue Service. They control the Treasury Department. They control the Defense Department. They control the State Department. And when I use the word control, I'm using it advisedly. They are in absolute control. Uh, A a nice young uh, uh, 30-year-old aspirant uh, who wants to go over to the State Department and be a part of the Foreign Service, good luck. If you happen to be a Republican, a conservative Republican, a Trump Republican, oh, you are in big, big trouble. And you're in big trouble if you're an American citizen abroad and you are not aligned uh, with the Marxist Dems, the Democratic Party uh, driven by them. Uh, And and it's that straightforward. 
and people don't want to acknowledge it. Oh, I left out a very important department, Department of Homeland Security, which, by the way, right. is responsible for our wide open borders, uh, for our, uh, our uh, alignment with the Mexican drug cartels, sex trafficking, uh, deadly drugs that they're being smuggled across the border. Uh, every state, as they say, is a border state. And that is uh, because primarily of, uh, thank you, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and Joe Biden. Uh, it is a, this is, if I'm keeping score the wrong way, you tell me. No, 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 I think you're right. I, 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 how about this? I'll use an analogy with the press. I think that the press has always leaned to the left, but something has happened uh, within the last 10 to 15 years that the press is something else. It's not about bias anymore. It's about it's a platform for uh, for political operations. So I think it's a different thing. And I think if we look at uh, if we look at government institutions, it's, it's very much the same thing. Of course, aside from uh, the FBI and the military, a lot of these places have always leaned left. But something happened here to break them. I mean, when it comes to the FBI, I think what broke it was the church committee, right? Because you had a whole bunch of leftists who are partnering with people in the intelligence services. The people in the FBI wanted to continue to be able to spy and to use those resources. And the deal was, yeah, okay, just don't spy on us anymore. And here, we'll give you a jail, uh, a get out of jail uh, free card before you do anything bad. And that's what FISA is. But I, I, I think there has been a, an attack on these institutions and, and uh, people have weaponized the institutions. Barack Obama understood how to weaponize the institutions. And he was basically pushing against an open door. You mentioned William Barr before, and I'll try to give William Barr a little bit of credit, even though I agree with you, Lou, the evidence right now points to the fact that William, William Barr not only knew what was happening, he was sitting on top of the largest election interference operation in American history, right? Which, which is Absolutely. astonishing. Astonishing. But and he, I, had, I, but, he had no, he had absolutely no self-awareness, no awareness of just how, uh, how evil and corrupt a group uh, was in charge. And I'm talking about the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy of the Department of Justice, which still uh, is in control. Rod Rosenstein, for example, is still there, smirking and laughing his way through. Uh, every concern expressed by the committees, whether it is judiciary, whether it's oversight, you name it, uh, he's going to tell them to go to hell. He is also going to raise both hands in the air and flip them off from uh, uh, the left and right and, and do so with a cackle. This is outrageous. And the Republicans keep playing some sort of stupid game. I am so tired of this nonsense where they don't acknowledge that we're in a battle for control of the federal government and don't have a strategy, an obvious strategy. They certainly don't consult with me on strategy, uh, not nearly enough in my opinion, uh, to, to really overcome this tremendous enemy that now is within not only the walls, but has gained uh, their gained actual control of the of the court of the king it is it's it's simply mind-numbing to think that the republicans can't come to terms with that reality i i i think before they need a strategy they need to understand what the world really looks like 
They, and, they, and they don't understand that. A lot of the, I, I was going to say about William Barr, I suspect that he's one of these uh, Republicans who believes, well, the institutions will take care of themselves. The institutions will be fine. Like, you don't understand. You're fighting against people. You don't even understand you're in a fight. You're up against people who have a Leninist mentality. That's who they are. And they all managed the last several years, they all managed to justify their inaction uh, or, or, or their appeasement to the left by saying, well, you know, it's about Donald Trump. That's who it's about. And once Trump is gone, everything's going to be fine. What they never understood, what I believe they didn't understood, have not understood, they have not understood that, that the whole purpose of this whole of society um, censorship campaign on, 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 uh, with, with big tech, government agencies, the Democratic Party, the media, it's, it's, it's not about Donald Trump, right? They have so much contempt for Trump. They just thought it was about Trump. It's about replacing the republic. That's what it is. That's why it's so large. And a lot of the people on the left are already zombies. They don't care. They're happy to be told what to do, and they'll be happy to take government handouts. Who cares about this? The people on the right, and I think many people on the right do have an accurate picture of this. Our leaders, however, do not. Maybe they do, and they're just terrified, because I got to admit, it's a scary thing. Once we look and what we see, what's really going on, it's a very scary thing. But if these guys continue to convince themselves, ah, it's just a little partisanship and pushing and pushing and shoving and don't and don't worry, don't worry. As soon as Nikki Haley's president's all going to be taken care of, well, it's, it's, it's all going to balance itself out. M maybe that's what they see. Perhaps that's what they see, but it's certainly a, a, it is a mirage. Uh, this is a, <laughs> yes. a a moment in which people need to be clear-eyed and uh, strong-willed. And, you know, Jim Jordan, James Comer, uh, the chairman of the uh, judiciary and the oversight committees, I, I mean, you couldn't ask for better people. Yep. But what in the world are they actually accomplishing other than achieving a lot of TV time? Uh, they're not moving the needle. And this needle has to move. And... And what I can't understand is the Republican Party has so, uh, chosen to stay with a loser in Ronna McDaniel. Uh, they have, they're trying to be a Republican Party that is Trumpian first America, but they don't want anything to do, clearly, these leaders of the Republican Party with Donald Trump, because he actually isn't uh, too happy about the establishment. He isn't happy with the status quo. He is strong. He's straight talking. He has achieved exactly what they say they want to. In four years, he did it all when everyone was working against him. And I mean everyone, whether it be yeah. the courts, whether it be the, uh, the permanent bureaucracy, the deep state, the Marxist dims, vile and vicious. And I mean, they took no prisoners and certainly mm -hmm. uh, meant to destroy Donald J. Trump. I I can't understand why there is not more organization around him. I don't understand why the Republican Party puts up with a Ronna McDaniel. Who, why do we tolerate a Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney comes out and tells everybody what a buffo job uh, Joe Biden did watching that right. balloon fly across the country. And then shoots it down with a, a $400,000 guided missile from a $300 million airplane. 
I, I mean, are you kidding me? These generals don't make any damn sense. What in the world are we doing here? I think one of the greatest historical moments in this country we've seen within the last several years, and that was Donald Trump's rallies in 2019 and 2020. And because we were talking about the con, we're talking about, uh, you know, the congressional leadership and we're talking about the investigators and getting to the bottom of stuff. Look, I appreciate people getting on media. I appreciate people getting on TV and talking about it. But there's a lot of Americans aren't there who aren't watching the TV. They're not listening to podcasts. They're not listening to radio. Why don't they get on the road and go out there and talk to the American people? Because if you're trying to fight the FBI, if you're trying to fight the intelligence services on their home turf, that's what Washington is. You're you're not going to win at the very best. You're going to draw. But go out there, do what Donald Trump did. Make your case to the American people. Talk to the American people. Hey, here's what we're doing. I mean, that was like, like you know, like, like a like barnstorming. Get out there and talk to the American people. Say what you're doing. Talk about the corruption in Washington. Talk about how you're fighting it. Talk about talk about what the weaponization committee means, what they're looking at. People out there understand what's going on. They understand the FBI is targeting them and their families looking at you know uh, spying on school parents detaining january 6 protesters um without bail uh putting them in jail for years for 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 misdemeanors people understand what's going on what they have the republicans what done about are. it though Lee, right. I, seriously i mean we've talked about this issue we've talked with joe mcbride we've talked with various folks mm -hmm. about the plight of those political prisoners there is no movement. The Republican Party won't put itself at risk. They will not yep. extend a helping hand. Uh, and and God knows, you know, the permanent bureaucracy. I mean, you're talking about every law enforcement agency, every intelligence agency is under the control of the Marxist left in this country. They are the globalist elite. They are all about one world, the new one world liberal order. This is a, an immensely... Uh, unfair fight right now and you look around the cities the cities where crime is raging drugs are flowing through the streets mm -hmm. the homeless pile up at uh, you know in every crevice of the city and they're all run by democratic mayors and city councils and democrat marxist left-wing uh, community organizers throughout their cities they are in they despair the people of those cities, and there is no reinforcement because no one in this country is reaching out to them. The, the NGOs and the nonprofits are all owned by left-wing donors, uh, George Soros, uh, whomever you want. They're, they're throwing money into NGOs, and uh, by the way, the government is throwing money into them as well because they're, they're short-circuiting government itself, whether at the local level, the state level, or federal. We have created a monster of a mess uh, in in this country, and there has never been there has never been anything like it in world history. It is absolutely it is so daunting, I'm sure, for a lot of the academics who want to think slowly, carefully, uh, and empirically, of course, but they can't and won't begin to raise their voices because they cannot believe what is happening any more than any one of us can. What kind of a country would let a man like George Soros 
go around to our uh, our historic cities, our greatest cities, some of the greatest cities in the world, and back district attorneys who will let felons loose on the street to terrorize Americans. It's absolutely obscene. We know exactly what's going on. We know what he's done. We know why he's doing it. And the fact that people are even afraid to use his name and say what he's doing, it's public information. But I mean, let's get that out to people. What's going on? This is what's happening. Why? They're creating chaos. They're destroying American cities. I don't understand. It's not a mystery. This is what happens if the DAs will not prosecute felons and they let them walk on the streets. This is what happens. You have crime. You have murder. You have rape. You have assaults. You have robberies. Who's behind it? Who is the man who is dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into this? And why won't we talk about it? Why won't we just like point that out? And 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 at least we have to see clearly. We can't start. We can't fight unless we see things clearly. Well, see things clearly. It's clear that the Republicans have no leadership. There is no leadership in the Republican Party right now. Uh, the House is beginning its uh, hearings, and I give them great credit. They are moving forward. But, you know, it it, it looks like they're mounting up uh, for a cavalry charge uh, against machine guns, cannon from a different century. The weapons are different. The outcomes will be far different than what they expect by following uh, old and now dated uh, techniques and strategies for politics because it just doesn't play anymore. You know, watching the Super Bowl, you saw all sorts of, uh, uh, of uh, pop culture domination uh, over issues, uh, whether it be uh, uh, gender uh, change or transformation, however you want to style it, uh, whether it be uh, the, the cute uh, virtue signaling messages on the field of the of the the teams in the Super Bowl and racism. Hey, all with you. But you know, what are you paying to and what are you really doing to end racism? It's virtue signaling. Watch the commercials, the voice of business. It's outrageous. They they're demeaning, uh, objectifying and outrageous. They are slurs against American society uh, and also part of the reason that American society is in decline. Uh, it's it's just a terrible thing. And here's Joe Biden. Here's a man who got elected without leaving his basement. And now when people want to know about why he didn't shoot down a balloon, why he appears to be so compromised by the communist Chinese, where is he? He's back in his basement. He hasn't answered a question. Uh, not a single question about his, un, his classified documents. Uh, and meanwhile, the only special counsel who seems to be energized is the one, Jack Smith, Who's going after right. Trump for Mar-a-Lago, which was a, which was an absolute insult against justice and a break and a breach of our constitution by this Biden Justice Department. And guess who is the most energized? It's Jack Smith demanding more and wanting, by the way, to penetrate the attorney-client privilege of the president mm -hmm. of the United States. And everybody is just sort of going ho hum. These jackals have to be brought to ground. There is something that there has been. Uh, 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 people have gotten accustomed to this. This is something that I think that we should be very concerned about. 
the, the, it's outrageous, as, as you're describing, Lou. It's it's outrageous, and people become accustomed that well, they're going to keep going after Trump until they can until they actually get to crucify him. They're not going to stop. They're going to keep going after him. And you're you're right. And and, and instead of just a, instead of a, a, you know ex, articulating the outrage, and then doing something about it, we're just becoming accustomed to it. I mean, it's it's like the proverbial frog in boiling water, but it's not just about them targeting Donald Trump. That's what I mean. They're going after the constitutional order. They mean to replace the constitutional order. They're turning it into something else. And if we don't recognize it, if we don't do something about it, that's where we're going to be. That's where that 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 that's the legacy of the United States. The, the, our, our country, our constitutional order, our re representative democracy, these are not natural things. They have to be nurtured. They have to be cultivated. They have to be, uh, we have to exert effort to maintain them. And if we don't, yeah. they will cease to exist. There is, uh, there is for me, and I'm going to create some stir with this. Uh, I, I guess I better begin by saying I'm a God-fearing fellow. Uh, I, I, you know, I believe in God, and I love this country. But there has there has been uh, a group of people, primarily in the Republican Party, I believe, who've talking about God-given rights mm. and uh, universal rights and human mm. rights. Mm. And I want everybody listening to me to understand who I am before you judge what I say, and I hope you will listen to what I say. There is no such thing as God-given rights. Mm. There is no such thing as universal rights. There is no such thing as human rights. There are only those rights that our forebears fought for in 1776 and which are embodied in the, in the Declaration of Independence and ultimately our national founding document, the, the Constitution. But those rights that are enumerated, please, please, Lord, don't let these folks keep calling them universal, God-given, and human rights. They are rights that Americans have fought for for over two centuries. And that people have to understand there is only one way to preserve them, and that is for Americans to preserve them. And that means by any means necessary, including including fighting for them your thoughts as we conclude here that concluding that, is a, that that is stirring and deeply moving because because i i think you're exactly right and i think that we sell these people short right we sell our 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 forefathers short and we say yeah you know they're god-given rights it's like wait a minute wait a minute there are people who risk everything for these rights that we today enjoy and to just say yeah god gave them and then after you know after we fought after we fought the british crown we just kind of collected them that's not how it happened these the, these men and some women they 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 fought for these things that they passed down to us and they passed them down they passed them down through generations and you're right these things have to be kept and they have to be earned. It's not just a matter of them being held in a trophy room or something like that. For us to be able to pass them on to our families, to our children and our grandchildren. You're right, Lou. We have to fight for them. It's time for us to join the people 
who have I, 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 I think that I, I think that all the time we are lucky. We're blessed to be living in this remarkable time. If we seize the opportunity, if we understand the times, uh, the, the, the time that we're living in, and if we look and see that we need to join that fight that our, our, our founding fathers and generations after and generations, many generations before us have waged the same fight by both at home and abroad for, for Americans, for us. Absolutely. And when you, I, I hope everybody listening, when you hear people talk about God-given rights, God blessed our fight for these rights, but it was ours this fight, uh, our forebears fight. It is our fight now. And when you hear people talk, particularly at the United Nations, and I will be honest with you, I am such a petty person. When I hear one of these uh, representatives of the United Nations talk about human rights uh, and universal rights, I think, well, uh, go to any quarter of the world. I mean, any quarter, any nation, and I include so-called democracies around the world. And you find one society that has the rights that we do because we fought for our rights, because we have fought for them more than once. We fought through wars, 1812. Uh, we fought in the Spanish-American War. We fought in, in World War I. And you know what? We fought in World War II, and we were the dominant nation on the planet. And what did we do? We moved to help everyone, including those we had vanquished, whether it be the Japanese, whether it be the Germans. Uh, by the way, as we fought through the Cold War with the Soviet Union, we fought because we knew that the, that life itself and the planet was at stake, and, and, and somehow we have lost track of that since 1991, and we'd better return to that realization. Lee Smith, it's always great to talk with you. Uh, I, I commend you for all that you're doing, and, uh, and let's get in this fight, and let's go win it. Everybody, please. Exactly. God bless you, Lou, and God bless America. Lee Smith, great American. Thank you for being with us, and thank you, everybody, for joining us. Here tomorrow will be Dr. Robert Malone. We'll be talking about pandemics and just what happened to the CDC. And is the WHO now in charge of American lives? Till then, God bless you and God bless America.